0: Welcome to AgriMinds, the podcast where we explore the intersections of personal growth and professional success in the ag industry. I'm Casey Boll, your host. Thank you for joining me as we dive in to the different strategies and insights that will help you level up your life and career. From mental health to leadership development, we're going to cover it all. So sit back and get ready to grow with AgriMinds. another episode on the agraminds podcast today i have Allie robbins with me if you didn't know she was on episode five early on when agraminds very first launched and i'm so excited to bring her back by popular demand i think she has like the number one most played episode on the agraminds podcast so welcome back Allie. Well, thank you so
1: much. I am honored to be back. Of course, Casey and I, we've been working together for, I don't know, I feel like a couple of years just back and forth and we always have the best conversations um, and I just always look forward to talking with you, Casey. So thank you so much
0: for having me on again. Yes, and I, I agree. It's been a couple of years and sometimes we tend to go down some rabbit holes, which I totally love. I think it is so good when we do this. And you actually have just gone to a leadership conference and it stirred up some conversation and some thoughts on my end. And so I wanted to have you back on and hear a little bit about like some of the things that you've learned and just talk about leadership within ag. But if somebody didn't listen to episode five, would you mind just introducing yourself and tell people a little bit about like who you are? Yeah.
1: So of course, my name is Allie Robbins and I am from Montana. Um, I live in central Montana and I'm an agriculture business coach, Um, agriculture rural. I'm just, I just call myself a business coach, meaning if you have a business and you're wanting to grow it. So to the point where you can scale it, you can make more money while living the lifestyle you live then I'm your girl because we dive deep into four main areas of business the first part is leadership which we're we're going to talk about today the second part is your offer The third part is marketing and sales. And then finally, business management. Um, I really, really think that you can create any business that you want um, as long as you're willing to stay accountable, you're willing to do the hard work, and um, you're willing to get vulnerable because business is extremely vulnerable. But I, I believe that owning your own business gives you the freedom the financial freedom, the time freedom, the freedom that you're looking for and you're craving. Uh, As you know, in this world, in this society of go, 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 we are all becoming extremely burnt out. And But I just think there's a different way. Like You can make more money while working less. And a lot of people are like, no, that's not possible, but it is. And that's what I love helping my clients do. Um, So that's a little bit about myself. I also own a website, I have a couple different businesses. So I am a business coach. That's what I really, really pride myself in. But I also have a website development company. Um, I have a team in place for that. And we, my husband and I also own a car wash, which is kind of a whole another rabbit trail. But, uh, that's a little bit about myself. I've grown up in agriculture my whole life and, um, it's one of my most favorite industries. I just don't see myself doing anything else, right? We live in town right now, but I, I grew up on a ranch um, and I've been involved in ag my whole life. And it just it's just where my heart is. And so being able to help people in agriculture, but also maybe bring in a different type of business model, that's, I, that's what I just absolutely love.
0: I have used Allie for my website. I have used Allie for helping get some of my content structure in place. And she's just got some amazing things. And I've learned so much not only from just working one on one with her, but in her group program and through her podcast. And so I'll put all those links in the show note. But, um, you know, here in the agriculture industry, you know, we, we tend to be the type of people we're like, oh, that needs done or someone should do something about this. And a lot of the times, like, it never gets done because maybe somebody doesn't step up to do it. And a lot of the time, that is what I picture leadership as, is someone who sees a problem and does something about it. But I'd love to hear, you know, kind of what your thoughts around leadership is and and what do we mean when we talk about leadership, especially within the agriculture industry?
1: Yeah, well, and I agree with you on the fact that, you know, leaders, we get things done. Um, but where, so kind of where my uh, leadership journey came from was I started my business just to kind of get out of my job, right? Because there there was no leadership in my nine to five job. There was zero. And I just felt like I didn't have somebody that I could model. Like I didn't have a good mentor in my life to help me learn what leadership truly is about. And after I, you know, I've got a team of five in place Like I started to recognize, I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to leadership. Like I want to be the absolute best leader and best quote unquote boss. I have a subcontractor. So, you know, I'm kind of their boss, but like, I want to build this amazing team and amazing culture and amazing business, but I have no idea how, like, I feel like I have zero skills in that area. Um, Although I am a natural leader, I'm a type eight Enneagram. I sometimes am in a bowl in a china shop and I just trudge right through and I know that that can also be very toxic. And so I started to look at myself and I'm like, wow, I need some training on this. Like I don't want to do the normal, oh, let's go do a leadership training, right, where it's just kind of a joke. I want to get to the nitty gritty and get to the like root of this type of problem that I was kind of experiencing. And within that, like when I was starting to think about this, um, a leadership training popped up on my Facebook ads, uh, for Brene Brown's dare. Um, let's see, what, what is it called? Yeah. Dare to lead. It's the dare to lead workshop. And it was just so timely. It was like, God placed this right in front of me. Cause he knew this is what I needed. It was, it's was just weird. And so I signed up for it and it's a two day training. And that's really where I felt like after leaving that training, I was like, okay. I have a really good understanding of what it means to be a good leader, not only in my life, but my business in my marriage as a parent, like everything, because the the skills that you do learn as a leader, right, for your business should be applied to your home life and everywhere else. One of my, not top pet peeves, but I sometimes cringe when people say, yeah, I'm really, really different at work than I am at home. And it's like, that, for me, when people say that, kind of breaks a little bit of trust in that. Like, I, I don't have as much trust as I used to. You know what I mean? And then because I'm like, like who are you then? <laughs> um, and so, so for me, what it means to be a leader is is anyone at any level who takes responsibility for finding the potential in people and processes and has the courage to develop that potential. So that's a quote from Brené Brown, of the definition of a leader. And that just really hit home for me because, um, you know, that is what it means to be a leader when you're thinking about any position you're in or if you're a business owner or if you're a parent, you are, you are leading, you're leading your children into the world. As a business owner, you're leading, even if you have a team or if, whether you have a team or not, you are leading your business into this journey of growth. Um, when you are in, in a marriage, right? You both kind of have to act as that leader and develop the vulnerability or allow yourself to get vulnerable in order to find the courage to, in fact, build out that process of your life, if that makes sense. And so there's so there was a lot of what I learned inside of this training that I didn't expect to learn as as a leader. But what it comes down to is like being human and and allowing people to um, experience empathy from you like you're it's just a totally different skill set than I was expecting. But it's so, so good uh, Brené Brown talks about the four different skill sets to being a leader and what, and what she talks about is having courage to be a leader, right? And the first one is rumbling with vulnerability. Um, and she talks about, you're not able to find courage to start the business or to go on a date or to get married or to have children if you're not willing to get vulnerable. And that is nothing but the truth, right? When we think about getting married or starting a business, all of that is very scary. And a lot of the times people don't move forward with that because they don't want to get vulnerable. They are nervous and, and, and that vulnerability piece, um, uh, it, it opens up the world for them to potentially get hurt. And that's where people shut down. And I think when it comes to our businesses, um, whether you're leading a team or not, that's where it starts is are you willing to rumble with vulnerability to find the courage to do the thing that you want to do? So that's,
0: that's really where it all began for me. That's such a good story. Leadership began for me, I thought really early on, right? Like I was always told Casey's got these leadership qualities, like she's always willing to step in forward and and do the thing. And I think some of the misconceptions that people who don't know a whole lot about what actually leadership is assume that leadership is like being so direct and so in front and so just like bold. And so I thought I was a good leader for a long time because I was willing to step in and I was willing to be the leader of the pack. Right. And so like being at the front, having people follow me into the right places When I really started to dive into like, what actually is leadership? And I started to do all my training and became a certified leadership coach through Maxwell Leadership. I learned that leadership, like the best kind of leadership is sometimes never even being credited or noticed or being in front at all. Like leadership is being behind the scenes and encouraging and pushing other people forward and serving them and the way that they need in order to be successful. And I wrestled with that for a really long time because wait, you're saying I'm gonna do all this hard work and I'm not gonna get any credit for it? Wait, I'm gonna do all this work and no one is going to like give me the pat on the back or I'm not gonna be able to see like what my hard work did for other people. Like that was really hard for me. Like I wanted the credit, I wanted to be known for something and I wanted my hard work to be recognized and it wasn't. And then when I like really dove into like what leadership really was, it was being okay with not having to be in the front or not having your name tied to things. It's truly what's best for the collective. And John Maxwell has this book called 360 Leadership. And it's talking about how like, you can kind of lead from the middle too. like, you don't have to be in the front, you don't have to be the loudest person in the room, you don't have to be like, there, you can kind of be behind the scenes and encouraging other people to step out into the light. You can also be helping people who are older than you or are a level above you in management and coaching up. You can be coaching those who are like peers of yours. You can also be coaching people who are younger than you. Like that's all leadership too. So talk to me about some of the other potential misconceptions about leadership. I think that's
1: spot on, right? We think as leaders, we have to have all the answers and we have to be this big, like armored up brave person who trudges through the trenches. And um, we think we have to know everything about everything. And um, sometimes we look at leaders and we're like, wow, they're so confident. Like they don't have any insecurities and that's just not the case. I think like, especially in agriculture right we we feel like sometimes we have to put on this front like we're really tough and we you know we we don't uh, we don't mind getting our hands dirty and we don't have any like we're not vulnerable we don't have any insecurities we're so so tough and i think that's a big misconception because it's it's the exact opposite when you start to think about leadership it's, it starts with us, right? As humans, as people. And it really starts with who we are. And that's why I always refer back to the Enneagram. It's like, okay who are you? What are you about? What are your skills? And what are your weaknesses? Because we all have both. Um, and, and in all reality, as a leader, you you don't have to have any of the answers. And I kind of learned that inside of that training, you know, I really the, the light bulb came on. And I'm like, Oh, wow, like, I don't have to have any of the answers. I just need to take the time to invest into my team members and really get to know them and really understand their strengths and their weaknesses and what they want in life because they're going to have the answers, right? That's why I've hired them. Sometimes we as leaders hire people and then we micromanage them and tell them what to do when in fact we've hired them because they are really, really good at what they do and we should be looking to them for the most guidance. And so once I figured that out, it was almost like, wow, a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders, because it does feel heavy to lead a six figure business, or you know, a million dollar business, or it feels heavy to lead several employees, let alone one employee, it feels very like, um, like the weights are, it's all on your shoulders. And if you can, if you can understand the, that you don't have to have any of the answers and you just need to learn how to, um, you know, communicate and invest into your team, like they're going to do all of the hard work that you feel like you have to do, if that makes sense. So once I, like I said, once I realized that, it was like a light bulb went off and I just devoted a lot of my time to investing into my team, like really getting to the the bottom of like, what do you want in your life? Right? So, so for example, my, um, my web developer Holly, she's been with me for two years and I just, she's really, really good at what she does. Like she has all the answers. And so I just started to communicate with her, like, I started to ask her kind of those vulnerable questions, like, what do you, you know, what do you enjoy? Or what, what is your favorite thing? Or why do you like doing this work? And instead of focusing on, like the business side of things, I focused on like her, you know, and like investing in getting into her mind a little bit. Um, And so that's vulnerable for me, and I know it's vulnerable for her, but once we went there, it was like this whole new path opened up, and I felt like we were able to understand each other a lot better, right? I told them about some of my weaknesses, how I'm like a little bit more like a bull in a china shop. Let's go. Let's do it. And sometimes I miss the the obvious because I'm so focused on the goal. And so once I started to communicate that with them, um, they started to understand okay, so Allie really needs help in these areas. And so it's going to be important for me to tell her, hey, we're missing these few little things. And, and it's, it really just comes down to like, are you willing to have those vulnerable conversations where you're kind of talking about your feelings? And I know in agriculture, that's not that's not a thing, um, but it's I, I believe it's the missing piece to saving these farms and ranches that are going up for sale because the family can't get along or, you know, when it comes to employees, the high turnover rate or the tension or the conflict, I believe it starts with, are you willing to to get vulnerable and and have those awkward-ish conversations? Because if you're not, you're probably going to struggle for a long, long time. And it's not as bad as we think, right? We think, oh, it's so awkward to talk about feelings, but that's where the magic happens because that's, that's where the truth comes out. And that's usually where we get to the root of the problem um, or the root of the solution, right? Sometimes we don't have a problem, but uh, like, for example, my team, I've never felt like I've had a problem with them, but I felt like, okay, there's something more here. I want to develop more of their potential. And so diving into the vulnerability and talking a little bit more about feelings and that's, that's really where the magic has started to, to happen.
0: Yes. I think back to when I was growing up and, you know, you look at the people who are above you, who are like your boss or, you know, that kind of position, the hierarchy are are supposed to be the leaders. And a lot of the time they are just managers. Like they're managing you, they're managing the tasks. They're not necessarily leaders. What are your thoughts or suggestions on people who are like, how do I evaluate? Am I a manager or am I a leader? And how do I start to shift from managing people to leading people? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Because like, like I said, I was once there. And um, I think it starts with one getting curious, like you just said, am I a good manager? Am I a good leader? Because if you are not willing to get curious at all, then there's no progress. There's, there's nothing else, like there's no more steps you can take. I believe getting curious is the very first step. And that means kind of having that humble pie, right? Eating a piece of humble pie, like, am I a good leader or uh, am I not? Like, what does it look like? And then asking, and then are you willing to ask your team that, right? Are you willing to ask your team or not even your team, like your family, right? Are you, are you willing to have these conversations? You don't have to have them right now, but are you willing to explore what that might look like? Are you willing to get curious about this new way of leading and doing a good self audit? That's kind of what we did inside of that leadership training, right? Mm. We actually talked all about ourselves and we got into the uh, the weeds about who we were and what our struggles were, and what our um, strengths were. And it was actually getting to know us on a total, like getting to know ourselves on a totally different level. Like the amount of self-awareness that is required for a leader is absolutely insane. Just when I think I'm like, okay, I've got so much self-awareness and then I dive a little deeper into it and I'm like, wow, there's this whole other trail that I have to explore about myself. Um, It's, it's so, so important. You know, they say in today's world, and I know, Casey, you and I have talked about this, but um, they say that the greatest measure of success has nothing to do with money, land, materialistic things, and has everything to do with self-awareness. So the higher amount of self-awareness you have, or the higher EQ you have, is it IQ or EQ? I don't know. EQ. Um, yeah, emotional intelligence. EQ. Yes. Okay the higher amount of that you have, the, the more successful you're going to be. And that's never left my mind um, since the day I heard it. And it continues to prove itself as I continue to grow my business. You are going to be the one who holds yourself back. It, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. It doesn't matter like if it's your marriage, your parenting, your uh, farmer ranch. Like You've you've got to be able to uh, get curious about who you are. And that's often the hardest part, because ultimately, right, we if we're not willing to get curious about who we are as people or as a human, we're not able to get curious about who our teammates are. And so and or our family members, right, which in agriculture, that's a lot of what it is, we're working with our family members. And um, so it actually starts with us, it starts with, who we are, what we're about, what our weaknesses and strengths and vulnerabilities are, and just being able to to sit with that is is often the hardest part. And but that's really where it starts.
0: Yeah, I can't tell you how many people who have reached out to me you wanting to know more information about the agriminds program. And I asked them like, what is your drive to join something like this? Like, what is it that you feel like you're missing that you don't already have that you hope you're going to get out of this program? And majority of them are always like, I know that I was meant to do something but I don't really know what it is. And so I'm hoping to find that. Like, I want purpose. I want to be known for something. I want to be able to hang my hat on something. And people look at me and say, Casey was known for that, or that's the thing that she can do. And when I say, well, tell me more about that. Like, what's that journey looked like so far? And I'm totally using all these questioning strategies that Allie equipped me with <laughs> So some of this stuff she taught me. Yeah. And so I'm using this in my business and that again, it's, it's leadership, but you know, I'm asking them like, what is it, you know, that you're hoping for what's your journey looked like so far and and how come it hasn't happened? Like, what do you think has held you back? And they all say like, well, I've made good money. I've climbed the ladder. I have done this and I've done that. And it usually roots to, like the purpose is I want to be able to impact people. I want to be able to influence them and help them get to the place that they want to get to. And it all comes down to awareness. And so I say like AgriMinds is perfect then because that's exactly what we do. Like the first couple of weeks, we get really deep into like, who are we? And a lot of people think that they know themselves. And then we go through some of these tools and work through some of these exercises and they're like, I only thought that because that's what my mom thought, or I only did that because that's the way that my last manager did it. I didn't really ever think about what's the best way for me to do this. Why do I want to do it in this way? Like we get really into our own self-awareness and then we start to say, okay, well, how do we start applying this? What adjustments need to be made? And that leadership in and of itself is if we can lead by example we're then going to like have this ripple effect to those around us. And when I think about some of the gaps that we have in the agriculture industry, I always hear people say like, farmers are the people, this is the way we've done it. So this is the way we're always going to do it. Well, how do we change that? What can we start doing to Mm -hmm. stop saying that first of all, but actually start doing something different (laughs) and be okay with the decision uh, that we're making. And it starts by leading by example. Mm And so when we, like you just said, when we know who we are and why we do the things that we do, and we are confident in that, people are going to start seeing that. They're going to be influenced by what we're doing. And if they see that we're confident, they're going to say, wow, she knows that that's the way to do things. I'm going to start following her. And so I think that's one way that we can start bridging that gap and start influencing and leading by example, and, and that can be at home. That can be at the office. That can be anywhere you go. Heck you could at a restaurant, you know, like cleaning up after yourself, leaving a tip, like just small things that you can lead by example. Does anything else come to mind for you, Allie, on how we can bridge the gap of like where leadership is and where we think leadership could be within our industry? Yeah.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> That was so good because I, I think, like, we're, you know, we're spot on in the fact that agriculture, like, up until this point, um, I think agriculture has done such an amazing job of, like, developing the industry and um, using their voice to to talk about their food and whatnot and where their food comes from. Um, and the way, but the way that we are, the way we do things moving forward it does have to change because as we know, in some of the areas of agriculture, it's it's been the same for a hundred years. And if we are not willing to rumble with the curiosity and the vulnerability of doing things a little bit different, like we're just going to get left behind. And I, I, I often think about this a lot, like, You know, we talk about how agriculture, oh, we're only 2% of the population. Nobody knows where their food comes from. And we kind of point the finger at them, like, oh, they're so removed from agriculture. But I I sit back and I think, but we also, as an ag industry, are not exactly up to standards with the times. Like, we are a little bit behind in the leadership realm, in the... uh, Online marketing and digital world realm, right? Like, so, is it their fault, or like, let's just kind of dive a little bit more into that. Like, what a, what does that mean? What does that look like? What the, the, the less we can point the finger, the less we can do that. The more we can develop in in an industry as, as people. And the the more solutions we're gonna find, Um, but we do have to stop pointing the finger. And i I think that that is, I think that's one of the things that we just naturally do in the ag industry. Not everybody does this, but um, I always refer back to Bruce Vincent. So he is the author of Against All Odds, and he was his family had a logging business in Libby, Montana. Back in the seventies and eighties, and that's also when act, the extreme activists kind of came about. Save the trees, all of that, and um, and that and Bruce talked about how much he learned from that journey. Their, their family closed up business, right, because uh, they had like sixty employees, and but the activists ultimately won, supposedly, right, and they had to close up business, and it just like his whole family business is just completely crushed because. Um, of this indus- of of the activists that cl- you know basically closed up this industry, and the things he talks about that he learned was um, it's just incredible. And and he talks about how he the, the family and that and the logging industry tried to fight the activists. They tried to kind of you know shut them down and point the finger. When instead he thinks it would have gone a lot better if he would have welcomed them to the table and allowed them in and to, to see what it's about and gotten curious about their thoughts about the logging industry and cutting down trees. But he said they fought and fought and fought. And so he now says that the activists are targeting the agriculture industry. And that's pretty obvious, right? We we have a lot of fighting going on in that type of world. But I he thinks you know, based on what he learned is like we can either fight them or we can welcome them to the table. And clearly fighting doesn't work. That's how the logging industry got shut down. And so that's like his big thing is like, we need to show empathy. We need to allow people to the table. And that's what a leader is, right? It doesn't matter if you're allowing your team to the table finally, or you're allowing to your your spouse to the table because you've been fighting so bad. Um, like it just means, are, are you willing to get curious and and get curious about what they're thinking. I think that's what it means for me to be a leader is like, I'm just genuinely curious, and I want to get inside their mind. I'm not trying to change them. I don't want to, you know, try to get extreme here. But I'm just really curious. And I think a lot of people in agriculture, uh, they have this armor up, right? They think if it To get curious, they feel like that's a a weakness or it's super vulnerable. And it doesn't mean you have to agree with the other person, but it does mean you have to show as you know a certain amount of respect to allow them to express their feelings. Because what it comes down to about everything and everything in the world is feelings like what what's your feelings well here's my feelings and if we're not willing to get curious and talk about feelings it's really hard to get anywhere um so i kind of went down a rabbit hole there but that's like i think about that often with bruce vincent and how he talks about like we have to allow them to the table right if if we expect them to let us to their table like so so it means are you willing to get curious about their thoughts and get vulnerable about what they're they might potentially say.
0: Well, you know me as an Enneagram 4, I'm all about the feelings. That is something I just naturally start with, and I tend to forget that not everyone is there yet or isn't ever going to be there because they're driven by a different maybe they're driven by data, maybe they're driven by whatever. Like feelings and emotion is is my jam. <laughs> Sometimes that puts me in an awkward position because I have to adapt to the other person. And, and, you know, it, just it, it makes things challenging sometimes, but I think you're right. At the end of the day, that's really like, are we happy? Are we sad? Are we mad? Are we whatever? And um, you said something about like leadership in the workplace and how typically, you know, we may have like a bad leader or a bad manager, but I will say that a lot of the times when I hear people say, like, well, why won't you invest in your employees? Well, because as soon as I trade them to this or this or this and sponsor them to go get training, they're gonna take that knowledge and then go work for somebody else because somebody's gonna pay them more for the skills that they've acquired that I paid for, right? As their boss or as their company. And so they're like almost hesitant to invest to a certain level in their employees. But I will say I have worked for some amazing companies that have had outstanding leadership and they have absolutely invested tons of money into me and tons of time and tons of attention to get to know me. What are my goals? What do I want to accomplish? How do I want to accomplish them? And that kind of leadership is something I'm so grateful for. And so it does exist in ag. So I will say that. But with that did Mm -hmm. come me realizing, okay, I feel confident enough in myself because my leadership believes in me. They've invested in me. I've sharpened my skills. And now I'm equipped and enabled to go off to the next thing. And so I think that is a challenge that we face but I'd like to just hear your thoughts on that. Yeah.
1: Well, that's, that's a great, um, this is a great conversation because I was once there in the fact that I, I'm a little bit worried to invest into my team because I don't want them to leave, (laughs) Yeah, but this just comes down to of your feet, like, why are you feeling like you can't invest into them and invest into the person to help them become the best version of themselves? Obviously, that's coming some from some type of insecurity from yourself and a fear within yourself, and so address you have to address those. Yes, in your mindset, um, and and you know, so after kind of working through that in my own mind and and with a business coach you know, I've come to the realization, like, if my team, if one of my team members leaves, then it's, it's going to do better for the world, because they are going to serve the world at a higher capacity. And so, you know, obviously, selfishly, I'm like, well, don't leave. But, but then if they're in this mindset of, well, I can't leave, because Allie doesn't want me to, but I really have this desire to do something else well, then they're going to start to build resentment to me, right? And so like, it's just kind of this downward spiral. If you're not willing to invest into somebody, then it's time to dig deeper into what your insecurities are and and why. Like, um, and I say that with a ton of empathy because that was once me, right? I'm selfishly like, well, I don't want to invest too much because I don't want my team members to leave. I As a business owner, I have this fear in the back of my mind, but then I have to... I have to dive deeper into that fear and, and recognize like if they do leave, it's for the better. And it also opens up opportunity for somebody else to come in. And every time that that opportunity has opened up, it's just been so good. And it's just like opened up even more possibilities for the business. And so it really does come down to that mindset. Like do you have a growth mindset or is this a fixed mindset and we should probably have a conversation about this because like this is gonna hold you back right if we don't so it's a it's a good one though it's and it's a common a common fear for business owners or leaders
0: yeah and I faced the same thing early on in my coaching career as I sought out mentors you know from other coaches who had been in the industry and kind of just picked their brain on some certain things and there were some coaches that gave me amazing advice and there were some coaches that I really challenged. And the coaches that I challenged, I see now are struggling in their business. It wasn't a long-term strategy. And, you know, I just I disagreed with some of their coaching methods because they were the kind of coach that gave just enough information so that way their client had to keep coming back and had to kind of rely on the coach, which was job security, right? And I just disagree with that. And so I'm not heartbroken when my client decides they don't want to continue coaching with me. That meant that either one, I failed, which hasn't, I don't view it as that. I view it as they felt equipped and have grown and have matured and have leveled up to the point where they've outgrown me. And that's an amazing thing. It's not a, I did something wrong and I do not mm-hmm. want to renew. It is, I I've helped them get to the place that they hired me to get them to. And now you can go spread your wings and fly. And and I think so many people view that right. as like a negative thing. Oh, they don't want to work with me anymore. Oh, they don't need me anymore. Something's wrong. No, like that means that you've done the thing that you were supposed to do. And now you need help the next. And that again, comes back to leadership of, I want to help you. And there's four things. And I kind of came up with this right as I was preparing for the International Women's Day speech that I did for Cargill. And I came up with these four E's. And that kind of based my presentation on these four E's, which was empower, equip, encourage, and enable. And if we aren't doing those four things, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing it for? Mm -hmm. Like, if we can't empower Mm -hmm. someone to move forward, like we're holding them back. And like you said, they're going to eventually resent us. And that's going to do nobody any good. And we're almost depriving not only themselves, but the world of their potential. And then you're going to feel real crappy. You know what I mean? And you're going to feel a lot worse than if they just left, you know, and it just like you mm-hmm. said, it's downward spiral spiral. And so I think that we do have a little bit of work to do, but it is happening. And so I don't want to be completely glasses empty. Like we are growing and more and more people are aware of it. I mean, you and I have had a lot of conversations around leadership and how we can grow. And so if someone has never thought about leadership before, if they're kind of like, where do I get started? I mean, I've got a ton of different resources. Like I said, I'm a part of the John Maxwell leadership team, but Allie, what are some resources that you've used personally to help you with your leadership other than the Dare to Lead conference?
1: Uh, Brene Brown also has a Dare to Lead book. So you could, you know, that's a great resource to start to dive into, um, you know, leadership. Uh, I also, I, I think just working with, like a coach, I, I just feel like any type of coach, right, whether it's with Casey, or it's with me, or it's with like a mindset coach, like, that is a huge piece of leadership in itself. Uh, we don't think it is. But it with when you work with a coach, you're going to be diving naturally into probably mindset and self awareness and a little bit of vulnerability. And like, that's the recipe for for leadership. So whether you work with a coach or you start to listen to some podcasts that the coach has or follow them on Instagram or attend a workshop, like there's so many resources out there. Um, But the ones that I would recommend are the ones that work uh, on personal development and self awareness, because that's really where it starts. And if, if, like I tried to go around the personal development route because I was like, oh, I don't want to talk about my feelings and I don't want to dive into that. But I, I ultimately came back to that and it was like the missing thing. So I say that for, for people listening because it's like you're going to have to start here anyway. So just start with you. Start with that personal development um, and you will like then you will know what the next step is for you in terms of leadership.
0: I love that. That's such a good answer. And I incorporate a lot of the leadership resources and tools that I've learned and, and kind of perfected over the years and and put into the AgriMines program. And so if this is something that you've kind of been curious about, want to dabble into, but don't want to attempt it on your own, AgriMinds is an awesome place to do that. And you you've got accountability, you've got a support system. And you've got some of my favorite stuff in there. So the tried and trues, I've kind of like picked out the ones that I thought were the most impactful and most beneficial, but I'd love to be able to share some other resources outside of AgriMinds too. So if you have questions, feel free to reach out to me or Allie and we can set you up with that. But Allie, if someone wanted to connect with you, learn more about you, reach out to you about some more resources or work with you, how can they get a hold of you?
1: Yeah. So I'm on Instagram a lot. Um, Allie Robbins, A-L-Y-R-O-B-I-N-S. And then the number one, um, I'm always there. You can go to my website, Allie I'm putting on a six figure roadmap workshop, um, here in the, in, in October. So, uh, find that on my Instagram. It's, uh, yeah. Or just reach out to me and send me a DM and let me know what you thought of the podcast and what thoughts are coming up because, um, I, I love having those
0: conversations. Thank you so much for joining me again on the AgroMinds podcast, Allie.
1: Yes, it was an honor. Thank you so, so much.